All right, then. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless you all this morning. Amen. This is Pastor Lester Sharon Hayes here this morning, uh, giving God praise, giving him glory, giving him honor this morning. Thank him for all of you this morning uh, coming back and joining us this morning in School of Healing. Amen. It's been a week since we were together in the School of Healing, but we thank God that we're all still here. Continue to send out uh, our prayers and condolences for our, our cousin and his family, Brother Marvin Carrier, made his transition. Amen. Understand they're going to be laying him to final resting place on Monday, Memorial Day. Um, just just uh, pray that that family will receive strength and encouragement from the Lord uh, this morning to know that, you know, the Lord is their strength. He's that comforter. Uh, he would be there for them if they just turned to the Lord, amen, and that the God would strengthen that family with his love and his power and to bring them through that time, oh, Lord God, and just, just, just pray that his legacy and memory will live on in his children and that if they don't know Jesus Christ or anyone in the family that don't know Jesus Christ will turn to Jesus Christ because that offer they will surely come to many of us, but it's only awful if we die without Christ. And so we're praying that uh, as they lay him to rest he was a veteran so amen that someone will give their life to the lord that's our prayer amen before that offer they comes again and visit us amen so that's our prayer this morning i'm just so blessed this morning and thankful this morning that you know my mother god bless her soul resting in heaven her birthday will be tomorrow she would have been been you know a, a, a gray-headed beautiful woman if she'd have still been here man i tell you but that's okay she's here in spirit and so we just thank the Lord, amen, that she's in her resting place uh, as we celebrate tomorrow, amen, uh, today, amen. So we give God praise, we give God glory, we give him honor. So thank all of you for joining us this morning. So let's go ahead and pray and get into this word this morning. Abba, Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debt towards He's not a temptation, Father, but deliver us from evil. For thine is your kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Holy Spirit, we just thank you this morning for bringing everything back to our remembrance. We thank you this morning for touching every ear on the call this morning, every heart, every spirit, every life, every soul this morning, every mind this morning, that this word will be clear, that there will be a good understanding, and it will come like medicine to their flesh this morning and marrow to their bones to strengthen them this morning. So we bind up this morning every evil spirit this morning to try to come in and, 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 and create a blockage or hindrance from our hearing and understanding that it is God's will that we be healed and walk in divine health and healing. So we pray according to that will this morning, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. We speak health, soundness, wellness, and wholeness over everyone on the line this morning, their family members, anyone that's ill or going through that we are aware of this morning. And we give you praise, glory, and honor. Now, Lord, we pray for peace and calm, Lord God, confidence, strength for all those that are that today that will reflect on and remember their the sacrifices of their fallen loved ones, oh God. And we pray for our men and women that are still in arms way, serving in foreign and distant countries and lands. God, we just thank you for their sacrifice, Lord God. We thank you for their service to our great nation and to our world allies. We speak peace over them now, protection around them now. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen and amen. Well, again, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I want to be uh, this morning ministering in the School of Healing. Again, thank all of you. Welcome all of you uh, for coming on board this morning. Uh, we want to pick up our discussion today back in the book of Acts, the eighth chapter, a uh, couple of un 
unturned stones we want to go back in and and just complete i, I love this chapter amen because it, it it gets to the crux of one of the issues i think sometimes that we don't deal with that i think need to be dealt with and the things that happen in the church sometimes that we're not aware of because a lot of times we look more in the physical than we do the spiritual and we get stuck and locked down there sometimes and 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 we forget that we're not fighting against flesh and blood all the time but we're fighting against you know spiritual wickedness in high places powers that be you know spiritual darkness that's out there and principalities amen and a lot of times because uh, those things enter into the ministries amen uh because of ignorance because of people not really being able to spiritually discern things and so we know that that the enemy releases all of those evil spirits on people sometimes and you know you have to be so guarded so protected and, and so careful who you lend your ear to sometimes amen i know a lot of people like to go to a lot of services they like to go to musical concerts and they like to go to anniversary celebrations and a lot of times those things are fine within their their own realm but a lot of times you're dealing with people man that that have evil spirits and those spirits do you know they're familiar spirits and they do transfer and sometimes you know you find yourself struggling with 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 stuff man and you 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 know you start reacting and you start stressing out about it because you can't figure out what it is and a lot of times stress and worry can actually release tumors in your body i mean if you stress out long enough worry hard enough you can become very sick and very ill amen i've, I've known of, of articles i've read and documentation years back where I thought it was was shocking, man, that how stress can turn to, to sickness, you know? And I'm like, wow, I didn't know that, man. And I read documentation where they, they can actually put cancerous tumors in people's body. So we just have to live a worry-free, stress-free life. And uh, we have to recognize that there are evil spirits out there. We learned about some of them last week, and we're gonna continue to look at how Paul uh, instructed the church in in uh, in uh, Antioch and Ephesus and all the Asia Minor areas, as he went from church to church ministering to the Gentiles and to some of the Jews, uh, you know, and Paul was just straight. He was cutting it straight, man. He was letting them know, man. You know, we got to get rid of these evil spirits if we want to see the healing power of God come in here, Amen. And that's not to say that anybody on this line is is, is possessed with an evil spirit. I don't know. But uh, I know one thing that the word will expose, the word will revive, the word will rescue, the word will deliver us because any evil spirit cannot stand up against the word of God. Amen. And if there is doubt and unbelief and it's not dealt with, it, it will grow and, and, and fester into an evil spirit. It'll make you angry. Amen. It'll bring jealousy, strife and envy because if you're there, man, and you're seeing everybody else get healed and miracles happening and you sitting over there man knowing you've got something you you've got a bad report from the lord and, and then nobody's calling you out or nobody's telling you to come up and get prayed for and they didn't call out your condition hey before you know it man you start doubting and, and you start you know disbelieving that you know healing is for you seen it happen too many times why didn't somebody call me and, and you you came to church sick and then you go home sick or you tell somebody and they put you on the sick list and you got to sit there forever till you die. So all these things are realities, man, that Paul and them was dealing with in the church then, just like we deal with them today. Amen. And I don't know what it is about some ministries that we're so afraid to tell people that with the stripes of Jesus, 
they are healed and then minister to them and do what James said, if they're being sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church, let them come and anoint with oil, lay hands on them, pray the prayer of faith, the prayer of faith will heal them and God will raise them up. I don't know why people don't minister this type of word to people. Uh, maybe they're afraid that what they say to them might not happen. Maybe they're afraid that people might doubt that they are authentic or they are of God. I don't know, but seeing like to me, it's, this is a very simple process. If God instructed you how to deal with, with, with sickness and disease and infirmity, we should not be afraid. If we can preach uh, salvation and forgiveness and all of that, why can't we preach healing to people? Amen. Because salvation, healing is a part of salvation. So God want to cover the whole, you know, the whole person, you know, soul, body, mind. He want to deal with all of it. That's why he said, beloved, I wish above all things that I would have prospered and be in health, even as your soul prospered. And so the word helps our soul to prosper. Amen. And God allows us to be able to receive the blessings of the Lord that make us rich. And he has sorrow, you know, and so God want the whole person to be sound and well. Amen. But it's a lot of things sometimes that come in to interfere with that process. And we learned last week there are evil spirits that people are not aware of. Amen. And God wants to revive us. He sends his word to revive us and give us life. So we're going to jump in here this morning. Amen. And, and just kind of see uh, what the Holy Ghost have got to say to us this morning. Um, in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So uh, we know that in the book of Acts, the eighth chapter. Amen. Uh, Paul is, 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 is here talking about a revival that he wants to be, to come to Samaria and it's a healing uh revival that they're 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 gathering for uh you know but and it came to the Samaritans uh you know signifying that God wanted them you know to 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 to, to be revived from their sickness uh, whatever afflicted them whatever illness they had uh whatever infirmity they had whatever disease they had and we talked about the word revival. It means, you know, to, to give life. It means to renew something. It means to, you know, restore something. Amen. Maybe back to its original uh, form. We didn't come here sick. We ended up being sick because of the choices that we made. And I'm talking about humanity. No, no person was born. God said when they were born, they were born perfect. Now, there may be some people born with some illnesses, but you have to think about what was the physical state of the parent who gave birth. You know, because they could have been sick trying to give give birth to a life, and that sickness could have transferred right on over to the genes and the hormones of that child that was born. And so, it, you, you know, you have to go all the way back and look at the history of the person. You know, people have to plan and prep for having children. You know, you just can't be out here, man, and drink, look, and smoke dope, man. All of a sudden, you decide you want to have a child or, you know, mess up your body, man. You know, the Lord said, I want you to prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper. So, you you know, you, you, you got to prepare for these things. Amen. And, and you know, because this thing is real, man. It ain't nothing to play with. But once it happens, God is still able to heal us. He's still able to make these things right. He's still able to turn it around. And that's the hope we want to bring to people. Amen. Because we believe that, that God still have the power to heal, have the power, you know, to, to make things like they're supposed to be. It's called restoration. It's called being revived, you know. And we're not talking about some man-made revival, but we're talking about a spiritual revival where the Lord sends his word to revive us and to give us life. Amen. And so we want to deal with that this morning. So let's go to the book of Acts this morning, the eighth chapter. We're going to pick up our discussion in verse number nine. Amen. We left off verse eight last week. And it says, but there was a certain man called Simon, which before times in the same city, used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out 
that himself was some great one. Uh, in other words, you know, he was sometimes, you know, the scripture provides us with a lot of evidence, more evidence about what the problem and what the struggle is. Now, we can identify with that verse right there. Maybe we didn't know it was sorcery. Maybe we didn't know we were being bewitched. But there's a lot of people right now that's going out doing things to me that's not of God. We, we talked about those familiar, familiar spirits, those, 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 those evil spirits. And now he specifically identifies some of them, you know. And I've been in church services, man, where we actually saw the manifestation. People crawling around on the ground while you're ministering and saying things, and jumping up and saying there's witches in here and all kinds of stuff. You know, and some folks allow those kinds of people, man, to come in their ministry, man, and they tell you that they got a word from God and they start speaking, man, and you know, and, and, and some, saying some crazy stuff, man. And a lot of you, too, have been able to identify that in services before. And you sat there, man, and you were distracted from the word, paying attention to that because you had never heard that or never experienced that before. That's why you have to be so careful to find you a place where they minister, they teach, they preach the word, and they cut it straight. They write it divided. They don't pick certain subjects that they're afraid of not to talk about. They talk about the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And right now, this is what Paul is dealing with. Paul is, th these are church folks that Paul is letting them know, this is what's in your midst right now. This is what's struggling, causing you to struggle right now and causing you not to be healed right now. You know, and so if it was there in that church, I'm willing to bet you it's in some churches right now because people don't know how to spiritually discern these things. And he says sorcery. My God, you know, that's a, that's a, that sorcery, man, is a, it's, 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 it, it deals with, um, it, it's a medical term, you know. It deals with, you know, some things that affect the mind, you know. And and sometimes when people be on drugs and whatnot, that spirit of sorcery shows up in them, okay? It shows up, you know. It shows up. It works on you just like a medicine, but not a medicine to bring about healing. It affects you in other ways, you know. And then it says you'll be easily bewitched, you know. And sometimes people will, will call you up and they don't know what they're dealing with. They can't discern it. They'll pour all kind of oil over you, man, to be saying all kind of things, man. You know, but they never get down to the point where they recognize and discern this is some type of evil spirit right here. And they go after you and not instead of going after the spirit. They'll tell you, man, you need to go and pray some more. You need to do this. You need to do that. It don't matter what you do. OK, it's about what God's word does. He sent his word and you got you got to bind that. You have the power. You have to bind it. Why? That person's health, man, is at stake. You can't be afraid to bind things that God said, I've given you the power on earth to bind. You bind it on earth, I bind it in heaven. You got to release what God says, okay? You bind the spirit of sorcery, any other spirit. You bind the bewitching spirit. You bind those things, you know, and you cast them out, you know. And then, now you pray for the person's healing. Sometimes folks want to, the first thing they do is grab some oil and start putting it on your head and bringing folks around you, man. They putting their hands on you. They might be full of spirits. They might be, you don't know. But you, we have to know what the word says so when we, when we see these situations, we can discern these situations. Why? We're trying to get the person healed. We're trying to get the person healed. You know, or we're trying to get them to a point where they believe that God can heal them. But a lot of times, these kinds of spirits right here be lurking in the midst, you know. And, 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 and if, you don't, if you're not able to discern that they're on the spiritual attack, because a lot of times when people, and I've learned this, when people every Sunday... Or every other week, they come in with the same sickness, the same. That's a spirit. 
That's a spirit of sickness. That's a spirit of infirmity. Okay? They've been bewitched because sometimes they'll come to a healing, to, to a service and come to the line and they get prayed for for healing. You lay hands on them. You done cast it out. You done got rid of it. And the first thing they do, go right back to the same spot where they was at where they picked pick that spirit up. They go right back to hang out with the same people. They go right back to doing the same thing. And usually, man, because they don't understand the spiritual attack, they don't understand sorcery. They don't understand what it be bewitched. And Sometimes they'll, they'll, just, they'll just start screaming that, you know, I believe this witchcraft. So what if it is? What you going to do about it? Just talk about it. You got to remember now the book of Proverbs chapter 6 verse 2 says you snare by the words of your mouth. You're taken by the words of your mouth. Our only defense is when we recognize and discern it, we got to use the power and authority that God has given us because my health is hanging in the balance. I got to bind that spirit. Not, you, you know, you, 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 you stop aiming to try to sound so deep and so religious because you know that that's the spirit. You, you know, and we hear stuff and it's, it's witchcraft or, or it's this or it's that, it's that. You know, well, then what are you going to do about it? God has given you the power and authority to bind on this earth, whatever it is, and then release whatever God has promised you, release that on your life. Don't just, don't just, sometimes you, 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 you don't know for sure that that's what it is, but you're heading in the right direction. But even with that, just to be sure, I bind you, spirit, whatever you are, evil spirit. I would tell you right now, it's an evil spirit. It ain't a friendly spirit. It's an evil spirit. And we see some of the evil spirits right here. Paul, verse 8, it just talked about the unclean spirits. This is one of them right here. And just saying, you, it, it, you know, it was the devil or, or it's a, you're on the spiritual attack, that's not going to open up. Your life, your physical body, your mind, your heart, your soul, your spirit, so no healing can come in just to say what it is and not do anything about it. Got to remember now, we warn in the spirit. This is, we're on a spiritual attack. And usually when we ignore the spiritual attack, such as these evil spirits, unclean spirits right here, they lead to other physical harm in our bodies, in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives. And sometimes... Uh, people will go buy medication to try to take, solve a spiritual problem. They want to feel better. And there are some people out there who will, will prescribe stuff to you. Most, most of your doctors can't spiritually discern really what's going on in your spirit. They might be able to diagnose something to give you something for a physical pain. But this gospel is the key for helping us solve these, these, these spiritual problems, these evil problems. You know, dealing with these, these unclean spirits, such as sorcery, such as being bewitched. And sometimes we can bewitch ourselves because we be thinking it's one thing when it's something else. You know, and, and you trick your own self out of your own healing because you, you, you haven't been taught. You haven't learned. You don't know what you're dealing with. And so you just say whatever you're familiar with saying. And don't let somebody, some deep, deep religious person be around. Don't you call one of your friends. Girl, I don't know what this is. Brother, man, you know, man, I don't know where I got this from. And these, these, these spirits see an opportunity, man, to minister to you, man. They start to, you know, there's a doctrine out there called the doctrine of devils. And this is what Paul and them are dealing with because these kind of people was in the church that Paul was visiting. They had folks reading magic books, doing all kind of magic. There was a woman, man, and she had some. She had her two, 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 two men that used her to go out and do these kind of things. Man, had all these books they were selling to the people, man, in in this in this area right here. You know, we might cover, run across some of that as we go through this teaching. But Paul cast them demons out of her when he met her, and she went back healed, free of that, 
And they were mad. They went to the magistrate and wanted to put Paul in jail. So that was their business. That lady going out doing magic and all that. Reading palms and all that stuff. Psychic networks. And, and Paul shut her down, man. And got rid of that spirit out of her, man. And she could walk in divine health and healing. And she didn't want to go back to that lifestyle. And they got mad, man. She came back a new creature, delivered, man. And this is what ought to happen to people, man. They ought to be able to understand that every sickness and disease that you deal with, it's not all just physical. A lot of it comes because of what you don't know and what you don't do and understand spiritually. You expose yourself to it. You know, it's, it's being exposed right here in this, in, in, in this church. Paul is, Paul is discerning this thing. Paul is calling this out. Paul knows what this is they're dealing with. You got to know. You know, don't go to places, man, where you don't, you just go because you, it, it, everything seems familiar to you. You got to protect yourself. You know, and you got to spend time in the word so you know how to discern these things. Or go somewhere where you can be taught the word and learn. The word, the word that you learn is so important to the healing that you receive. You know, God said, I sent my word to heal you and to rescue you from destruction. Ain't no sorcery, no bewitched spirit, no fit of rebellion, no type of familiar, subducing, enticing spirit can stand, unclean spirit can stand up to where the word is being taught and being preached. Why? That is the standard. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, look at all these old spirits. We just got through talking about unclean spirits. Now you're going to another level of spirits because they come in, they come in, they come in groups. Remember we said when you sweep the house clean, let you go back in there, man, and put something different in there and renew some things in there and refurnish, refurbish some things in there of the spirit. The, the devil comes back with seven more demons, more worse than the one left before. Look at, look at what Paul and him are dealing with here. We talked about unclean spirits in, in the previous verse. Now he's going into more of these old evil spirits, unclean spirits. They come to kill, still and destroy you. And when they get you all confused about what you up against, you know, you taking medicine for something physical when it's really something running deeper than that. It's something spiritual working to try to choke the life out of you from the inside, bewitching you, deceiving you, causing you to rebel against stuff, especially when you go to the church and they put oil on you, man, and you, you cra more crazy when you lead than when you came. Probably because something wasn't right with the people that was, was, was ministering to you. I'm, I'm just saying we've seen it. And when you got people just every time, you know, I ain't going to call no name, but I recall a, a, a sister, man, every time you saw her, man, she was, you know, I'm on the tack with this. I need praying for this. It, I mean, it was Wednesday. It was Friday. It was Sunday. I mean, every time. And, and the Lord spoke to me one day and said, he said, that's a spirit. She has become so familiar with being sick until sometimes she think herself sick till she's sick. And when I told her that, man, she got mad. She went back to the emergency room, and we don't know what they gave her. But she was worse off than, than before. So, you, you, you know, you, you, you can play the sick role if you want to, but God is there to heal, you see. And when you invite all them spirits to come in, them unclean spirits to come in, man, they'll come in, deceive you. Yeah, they'll bewitch you, man. They'll mess you up. And we were trying to get her, man, to start reading that word every time that happens, man, and just get into your word, giving them healing scriptures. But don't make no sense for you to take the healing scriptures from what we give you and minister you and explain to you and go right straight to the emergency room. You know, take the healing scriptures, pray them, you know, work them, use them. 
Got to remember now, that's the standard. When the enemy comes in like a flood with all them old, them old seven different levels of evil spirits, unclean spirits, you got to work that word. You got to raise up a standard against him. And this is what Paul is dealing with here, man. He provides us with a lot of evidence here. Deliverance came to many from these terrible depths, amen, because a, a lot of it, too, had to do with uh, before it got to that level, Pastor Sharon, sin was in that place. Mm -hmm. Because anything you do where you miss the mark of God, it's sin. I don't care. It don't have to be anything big. I, I believe that in that case, when Jesus was on the earth and when these apostles were dealing with people back then, I believe because it was, it was addressed so many times by Jesus, he would say, Father, help their doubt and unbelief. And, you know, and before he prayed for them to be healed, he would say, your sins are forgiven. But then at the end, he would tell them to go and sin no more. But he always talked about father help their doubt and unbelief. So I believe sin, doubt and unbelief was a sin. Mm. I mean, because you, 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 you following the living God, you following the living Christ, you receiving the miracles of God, you receiving your healing, your sight, your leprosy is leaving you. And why would the Lord say go and sin no more, but then tell the father to help their doubt and unbelief because doubt and unbelief, I believe was looked at as a sin. To not to deny and doubt the power of God, I believe it's I believe it's a sin. If it ain't borderline sin, I believe it's a sin. To deny the power of God, if it ain't a sin, it'll sure lead you to sin. I mean, it's a dangerous place to be in to doubt God. And if the Lord healed them, told them your sins are forgiven, go and sin no more, but then pray to the Father, help their doubt and unbelief. So you don't come back next week with the same issue. And you don't go back to the same place that where you where you, you you ended up feeling the way you feel, ended up getting sick the way you were sick. Got to make some changes. Got to walk in some new directions. You know, got to do some new things. Maybe you got to find some new friends or something. I don't know. But you can't just keep coming back, you know, with the same sickness over and over again. You've been bewitched. You know, and Paul is, is pointing this out, even from. Uh, false prophets. That's another thing. Got to be very careful how you run off out here to some of these conferences because you got a prophet in town and people saying, you know, oh, you got to go with me. Come on. That, they, oh, I got me. A, I got a word. I got a word. And, 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 and for a long time, we went through a season, probably about 10 years running, as I recall. The whole conversation that church people had was this. It's what I got to go to this conference, that conference. Are you going to this conference? That? And I ain't going to call out some of the names of some of these conferences they were having because I went to a few of them, the church I was in. And, and, the, and the theme was everybody saying, I'm going to get me a word. And I got caught up in that because that was, that was how they related. Girl, I'm going to get me a word, brother, brother, brother. I'm going to get, brother, I, I need a word. And we got 66 books. But see, I wasn't as familiar with self-medicating myself with the word, reading and studying and hearing and you know, meditating on and memorizing on like I am now. I wasn't, I wasn't that strong in the, the relationship I needed to have with the word personally. So, yeah, I, went, I was in charge of the men's group. I would load them up in the van. We'd go up to D.C. to the stadium. We'd go to these conferences, man. We'd pay our little money, man. And, boy, they bring all these dynamic mega men and then women and then, boy, and they, they, they set the place on fire. But when I got diagnosed in 2003, man, with type 2 diabetes, them jokers, them, the word them jokers had gave me, man, didn't fit my situation. But I had learned Isaiah 53, the book of Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3 through 5. Thank God I had learned that in Bible study at the church. 
I had a relationship with that word, that Jesus Christ was wounded for my transgression, bruised for my iniquity, chastised my peace. Peace was upon him. With whose stripes I am healed. And instead of me saying, man, I'm going to go wait till the next conference and go get me a word, I began to say with his stripes I'm healed. That was the word right there that, that, that healed me. That was the word right there, man, that God sent for, for us. And it died out after about 10 years. You know, people that used to hear that all the time. Every now and then, now you might hear it. But that was a big thing, man. Everybody was saying that. I got to go get me a word. Church folks. I'm like, y'all go to church Wednesday? Y'all go to church on weekend? You, you, you got to go somewhere and get paid money and get you a word? I know that's right. You know, you got word right here. And this is what Paul was trying to get them to see. Verse 10, he says, to whom they all gave heed. See, you open yourself up to this stuff. From the least to the greatest, saying this man is great power, is the great power of God. So you see, here's more evidence right here, man, that we need to be delivered from all this false teaching, all this false prophecy. Amen. And we need to get on a strict diet of the word of God because God sent his word to heal us. You know, and there is a lot of gospel out there, but it ain't the gospel. And, 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 and so that creates a lack in your spiritual well-being. And if it creates a lack and slack in your spiritual well-being, it's going to affect you physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And it's going to cause stress, especially when you've been so-called saved or in the church for a while. And all of a sudden something hits you late in life. And you don't know what to do. And the first thing they do, y'all know the process. They don't give you no word. They put you on the sick list. And that's where you remain for the rest of your membership until you die. Ain't nobody going to come to your house and pray for you, knowing you with no oil. Ain't no elders going to show up because they ain't right. They don't send them. They don't do what the words say do. And you at home wearing your brain out, you know, and thinking, you know, have they forgotten about me? You know, I'm getting ready to celebrate my 90th birthday. You know, they, have they forgotten about me? Have they wrote me off? Mm. And then if you do get a little better and decide to come back to church, you call one of your, one of your sisters and say, girl, can you pick me up? I, I just feel like I want to go to church today. And you go to church, man, and they shout and tear the church up because sister so-and-so is back in church today. I ain't prayed for you. They jumping and shouting all around you to the saying, well, come on up, sister, let's lay hands on you and pray. But they don't know how to do that kind of stuff. They just so glad. Oh, sister so-and-so came to church today. She must be feeling better. Well, you willed yourself to go because you, you was at home. They had they forgotten about you. And the only time they're going to rejoice is when they see you walk through the door. Why didn't they do what the scripture says in the book of James, chapter 5, verse 16? Maybe they didn't have the spirit to do that, the will to do that. Maybe there was some other spirit operating why they didn't come and pray for you or send elders to pray for you, lay hands on you and anoint you with oil like the scripture said. Maybe there's some kind of other spirit that's operating in that house of faith, just like Paul sees in this house of faith. There was evident that it's something that wasn't right. Something there was not jiving with the scripture. And when the spirit of Christ is not operating there, when the Holy Ghost is not operating there, then chances are they may do everything contrary to the word. In other words, the tradition of men, what they're used to. And they feel like they've done the will of God by putting that elderly 
ailing sister or brother on the prayer list, they feel like they have satisfied the scriptural requirement as a church. And, and if Paul is dealing with this kind of stuff right now that's, that's hindering the health of the church, well, we're dealing with it today too. Same spirit or spirits, unclean. And he goes on to say in verse 11, and to him they had regard because that as long that that of a long time he had bewitched them with sorcery and even when paul is there many of them are being delivered okay from these evil spirits from these unclean spirits why because paul wanted the church to be revived paul was sent to revive the ministry revive the church restore the church get the church to function you know in well-being and healthy you know, that's what God wanted. Beloved, I wish above all things that that would have prospered and be in health even as your soul prosper. You know, you're there in the church for your soul to prosper so that your health will prosper, so that your, you know, your finances will prosper, so that everything will begin to prosper. You know, not be tormented, bewitched, you know, and deceived. And listen to what Paul is saying, you know. People gave so much regard to these, these people that was in charge before Paul showed up with the truth to discern these things. You know, we don't know how long they had been having church before Paul got there. We don't know how long those those religious folks, those those false prophets had been bewitching the people, deceiving the people, manipulating the people. You know, I, I know for years, you know, we were Southern Baptists, I'm not knocking the Southern Baptists. They just didn't. If they couldn't teach you what they'd ever learned, they couldn't give you what they never received. They couldn't take you where they'd never been. They were just you know, had a certain traditional message. That was it. Yep. And they had lots of people on that prayer list. The secretary would get up every Sunday. We used to go you know, when we went as children and they read off them names and tell you to remember them in prayer. And we did that. That's what they told us to do. But see, none of that was according to the will of God because they didn't know the will of God. So they took as far as they could, taught us what all they knew. I'm not knocking them. It's just the Lord said we perish for a lack of knowledge. We perish for a lack of vision. We can't see no further than we see. Traditionally what we know. And here Paul is coming to share some light to help them to be able to see the big picture, the whole picture here. Get rid of these unclean spirits. Get rid of these, these, these false prophets, these false teachings, this false doctrine that you've had for years that you built. That is not the foundation. There is no power in that. The gospel is where the power is at. The truth is where the power is at. It breaks the sickness. It breaks the disease. God sent his word to heal our disease and rescue us from destruction. Goes on in verse 12 and he says, but when they believe Philip's preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. So you see more evidence right here that where you got all these unclean spirits hindering the health of the church you got to have somebody come in there, man, with some gospel and preach some gospel and preach the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, okay, is not in material things, which a lot of people go to church trying to get a new house, new car, and all that, get lottery numbers and all that crazy stuff. And they get bewitched, you know. They get tricked. They get fed more of the same false teaching, false doctrine. And so that doesn't help you spiritually, okay? But when you start preaching and teaching the kingdom of God, what is the kingdom of God? It's not just in word only, it's in power. 
power to break these things, power to break these hopes. That's what, that's what Paul told the Corinthian church in the first book of Corinthians chapter 4. I want to say verse 5, the kingdom of God is not just, you know, word, but it's in power. It's a demonstration of the spirit and power of God. And Paul said this. He said, I did not come to you with the excellency of speech, you know, philosophy, you know, enticing words, the wisdom of men. I didn't come with that doctrine of Satan. I came with the pure, unadulterated, authentic word of God that produces power. There's power in that word. When you have the spirit of God, bringing it back to you, it releases dudamous power. It can break and destroy. I don't care what kind of spirit is in there. Remember when you, when you couple that word with the power of God and release that, the Bible said, man, in the name of Jesus, demons start trembling. Them unclean spirits will come out, they'll leave. They got to go. They can't stand it. This is why we ought to be praying that the church stop trying to function and operate without the Holy Ghost. But the Holy Ghost takes the word of God and he quickens your mortal body with that word. He quickens you in your spirit. You know, and that word is going forth, man, and you believe that word, you hear that word, you believe that word, you can receive that power and you be freed. You know. And this is what Paul is trying to get them to say. So thank God for Philip, man. You know, Philip also baptized, you know, with the Holy Ghost. You know, remember he went and ministered to the eunuch. The eunuch had some problems reading the word and didn't know what he was reading. Mm. You know, and, Peter, and Philip explained it to him, crowned up in that chariot with him, explained it to him. Next thing you know, the man got baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. Wow. Need more of this kind of stuff to happen in the church today so people can get free and not spend the rest of their life, remaining life on some sick list. He goes on to say in verse 13, then Simon himself believed also. See, when people see other people getting blessed and getting freed and getting delivered, it'll cause them to believe. We had these kind of church services, man. Other people that try to hide their sickness don't want nobody to know they're sick because they don't know what might happen. They don't want nobody putting their business in the street. That's what happens a lot of times. So people just, you know, they take some medication. They're sitting there in church. They're nodding. And you you calling them out because they're falling asleep. Well, they done took some medication to try to just make it through the church service. So you ain't discerning they got a problem. They ain't sharing it with it because you're going to preach you're gonna preach their problem, and they don't want that to happen. Mm -hmm. And so they just sit there and watch. But man, if, if somebody else in there is getting healed and they see them getting healed, I, we've actually had this to happen. We praying for a person, man, and the power of God hit them, man, and, 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 and they, they start jumping and shouting and praising God, something they never done before. And they throw their crutch over one way, man, and they run around and jump and shout, man, and talk about God just touched them. Before you know it, you got five or six more people running up there want some of that. That's how it happens. It's like a chain reaction. When God is there, man, everybody want to get touched by God. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. When you let God be in charge, he'll draw people. All you got to do, man, is just do what does say the Lord. Call them things out. Bring a person up to pray for them, man. They start telling you all these woes and things they're going through, man, and you listening to them, and you hearing all these other spirits talking, those other voices. And when they get finished, man, you just say, hey, have you ever repented of your sin? Mm. And all of a sudden things get quiet and they look at you. So I tell you what, if you never have, then let's do it right now. And then we can pray. We ain't praying over no sin. You got to cut through the chase. And most times people say, yeah. And they, and they start repenting. Before you know it, water starts flowing to you. And you start seeing things falling off of them, breaking off of them, leaving. You know, and now they're open for, for you to read the scripture to them. The scripture can penetrate now. It can go in now. And that's where the medicine is at. 
That word started going in, they hearing that word, but you had to clear all that cloud of, of, of false teaching, false religion, years and layers of stuff that they done heard and all of that, man, that no one has ever exposed or called out or dealt with. And before you know it, the way is open. All the unclean spirits have been abolished and bound and gone. And boom, the first time they hear the word, man, bam, it, it, it acts just like a medicine to their flesh. And they don't leave that service the same way they came. And that's to me, is the ideal uh, way that Paul is trying to get these people to see that we should be having church. Verse 14, it says, now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John. Uh, so now you, you're bringing in more firepower. You're bringing in more evidence, amen, uh, that the, these, these, these evil spirits are, 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 are being cast out Amen. So now the Holy Ghost can come in and manifest himself in the midst of their service. Because when he sent for Peter and, 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 and these other apostles, they remember now they had had the spirit of God poured out on them. You know, they, they, they full of the Holy Ghost. So they coming in that man to do major house cleaning. They're going to get rid of all the spirits of sorcery, all the spirits of apostasy, all the, the spirits of witchcraft. They're going to clean house. They sent for reinforcement. And so know who you bringing in to do your revivals. Don't just bring a bunch of folk because you're you familiar with them because you preached their revival last year. You know, don't just be inviting folks. You got to know what, what kind of spirit these folks have. Mess up your church, man. Mess up your congregation. You know, make sure that they baptize and fill and seal with the Holy Ghost. You know, I remember Pastor Sheridan, we go, we used to be, take a few guests out and we would go, man, we would always turn. And look at the pastor sitting there, man, on the platform, wife sitting over there on the big head and said, Pastor, do you mind if we let, if Pastor Sharon and I, if, you, if we let the Holy Ghost use us? That was our standard approach. And boy, if that joker said, yeah, it was on, man. We put that heart out. And people got delivered in their church. See, because we let the Holy Ghost in. You know, verse 15, it says, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. See? If you're going to get rid of the spirits, the evil spirits, the spirit of sorcery, you ought to want to invite the Holy Ghost in there. So, look, it didn't say they prayed for them to be healed, Pastor Sharon. It said they prayed yeah. for them to receive the Holy Ghost. That is your healing. Because if he come, everything else got to leave. Mm. Verse 16, he says, For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Remember John baptism? No wonder they had sorcery, bewitchment up in there, all kind of evil spirits up in there. He hadn't fallen on them yet, you know. You know. It goes on in verse 17. Then laid they their hands uh -uh, on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Wait a minute. I thought they was needing healing. They needed the Holy Ghost. Because once you get the Holy Ghost, God with you, you got your healing. You know, People want the healing, you know, but they don't want the healer. And that's the problem. People want the blessing, but they don't want the blesser. See, this is what happens. You get the blessing now, you're going to go right back to the same old familiar places and spirits and people that you were dealing with, and guess what? You left the healer at the church where you got healed. And you'll be back next Sunday with the same old stuff. He came back, he came back. That devil, he busy, Pastor. Well, you need to get the Holy Ghost. Let him fall on you. Receive him. Verse 18 says, and when Simon saw that through laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. 
Yeah, don't that sound so familiar? In the church today, about that money, everything is about exchanging, passing money. You bring this person to do revival. You got to give them money up front. You know, it, it, then you got to take up an offering because you didn't get enough money. Everything is about money. It ain't about the power of God. It ain't about healing. And 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 amazing was amazing to me that you said before you went to the conference, you're going to get a word, and when you get there, you end up, man, giving up all your money in exchange for a word. So you trying to buy the word? You can't buy healing. You can't buy salvation. You can't buy the power of the Holy Ghost. God got to choose who he wanted to give his spirit to, put his spirit on. Got more evidence right here coming from a strong rebuke of hypocrisy in the church. Paul is rebuking. He's coming out, exposing all this hypocrisy, you know. Verse 19, it says, saying, give me also this power that on whomever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. Isn't it crazy? Man, you got to have your spirit right with God. Don't let anybody lay hands on you, man, that don't know God, ain't baptized in the Holy Ghost. Too many people do that just because they got a title. Oh, you run up there letting them put that oil and you lay their hands on you. But know what kind of spirit you're dealing with. How did they identify or detect their hypocrisy because they sought power? That's the key right there. They sought prestige. They sought influence. You know, they sought this from, from, from the people, sought their money. That's how you know that it's hypocrisy. That's how you know that it's an unclean spirit. They start begging for that money. They get aggressive about it. Hold you right there at the altar while the deacons go back there and count the offering. If it wasn't, didn't meet a certain milestone, they come back out there, man, and say, we fell short. There, there'll, be no, there'll be no miracles in this house because we got to raise a certain amount. God gave me a certain amount before I came. Crazy stuff. Y'all go back in your pocket, but you up there in the line to get healed and you can't get prayed for until the offering get right. Mm. I've seen them stop service, man, while the deacons count the money. They run back out there and slip a little note to the pastor and you stand at the altar waiting to be prayed for, for healing. Mm. You know, can't, can't, can't be bought. Verse 20 says, but Peter said unto them, unto him, thy money perish with thee. My God, boy, we need this kind of preaching. Because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Mm. You can't buy no healing. You can't buy the Holy Ghost. You can't buy God. Can't show Your money perish with you. Verse 21. Mm. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter. For thy heart is not right in the sight of God. That's why the healing can't show up. The one that's supposed to be leading the service and teaching and preaching about the healing, about the word of God, their heart ain't right with God. No wonder you get dumped on a sick list or your grandmama, your great grandmama, your auntie now and end up dying on the sick list. Because the heart of the person that's supposed to be responsible for their soul being nourished and fed ain't right with God. And every couple of years, they bring in a new pastor because they fired the laughing because he got caught in some kind of scandal. It's because their heart ain't right with God. They have no character. But you trust your life, your health, your heart, your mind, your spirit, your soul to them. Your soul ain't going to prosper up in there. And all your money is spent. Verse 22, here the key. Repent, therefore, of, thy, of, of this thy wickedness and pray God. If perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. There's always going to be an answer to hypocrisy. <clears throat> I don't care whose heart it's in. Be from the pulpit to the parking lot. Deacon board, usher board. Don't matter. 
You know, power in your title because you're in charge of a board or a hospitality committee and all of that. Come on. He said, repent and pray. And don't try to pray without repenting. Repent, then pray. Ask God to forgive you so your prayer can be heard and answered. It's the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous that avail as much. Yes. If you ain't got your heart right with God, don't put no hands on me. Come on now. Verse 23. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bonds of iniquity. More hypocrisy caused bondage, which leads to bitterness and enslavement in sin or to sin. Mm. 24, then answered Simon and said, pray ye to the Lord for me. <laughs> Don't pray to your bishop, your apostle. Pray to the Lord for me. That none of these things which ye have spoken come upon me. <laughs> False lying, prophecies, all that stuff, man. Doctrine of devils. You know, it, it, you, know, uh, you know, we have to be so careful. We have to watch out for the wrong motives for, for, uh, of, of that people delivered to us, you know, in order to escape judgment, you know. Because if, they, if they're heading for judgment and you give ear to it and hear to what they're saying and you endorse it and you, you, you receive it, guess what? They're going to fall in the ditch and you're going in there too. You got you to gotta be able to protect yourself from these things. Why? Your health is in the balance. Your healing is in the balance. And all these things go on in the church. I didn't put this in here. I didn't write this. This is what was going on in the church, which was blocking the people from being healed. And God sent Paul, all these other apostles, an accompaniment of apostles to come there. These were true apostles, Philip and Peter. These, these were men who were anointed of God. They came to go up against these spirits. They didn't come bringing and inviting the spirits. Their hearts wasn't right. But their hearts were right. And you see the difference. They called these things out. And you got people today coming with a word because they done caught this, this phenomenon. People want a word. So just come up with a word. But the scriptures say the kingdom of God is not in word only, but in power to destroy these yokes and break these yokes. My last verse here, verse 25. And they, when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, Listen now, there, there's a healing right there. God sent his word to do what? Book of Psalm chapter 107, verse 20. I sent my word, Jesus, to heal thee and to rescue you from destruction. So look at here, man, what they're doing. And they, when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, returned to Jerusalem and preached the gospel in many villages and to many Samaritans. Okay? So here's the final evidence and proof right here. It was the opening of their hearts and... The, 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 the evangelism that broke out, they went about not doing revivals, man-made revivals, raising money, mm. but they went about pastor, evangelizing, reconciling, mm. and being ambassadors to represent Christ. Yes. You know, they knew there was a major problem there yes. to block the healing, uh, the revival that God wanted to bring. Why? Mm. Too many people were coming in there ministering to them was possessed with evil spirits. Their hearts wasn't right. Mm. You know, many of them were well-intended. You know, many of them will confess and tell you that, you know, hey, they don't believe in supernatural, miraculous healing. But they got to witness it that day. Sure mm -hmm. And people need to witness it today. Yes. You know, most of the time, you know, many of your clergy, they won't lay hands on those sick members. Sure you know, you know. But the truth is, they don't have a long, uh, a long way to go, you know, 
you know, I mean, they, 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 they have, they don't have a long way to go that, you know, some people would say, well, they just got a long way to go before they get to that point. No, here's what they don't have. Here's what they have, Pastor Sharon. They have a long ways to grow. You know, they don't have a long ways to go before they get there. They got a long ways to grow. They need to do some growing in the things of God. You know, y'all remember that. They don't have a long ways to go. I thought about that. I said, these jokers got a long ways to go, man. No, the Lord let me know. They got a long ways to grow. You know, see, when you grow, you, you know, you know, you know, you know. Uh, you know, Paul said in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14 and 15, 16, we heard this uh, yesterday, said, of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers, study to show thyself approved unto God as workmen who needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and vain babbling for they will increase unto more ungodliness. That's what they was offering the people until Paul and them showed up. Until Paul and them showed up. And it sounded good to those itching ears, but they hadn't studied. You know, they didn't just have a long ways to go. They had a long ways to grow. That's why you studied the word. That's why you studied the word. And remember over in the book of Mark chapter 16, verse 15 and verse 20, King James Bible said this. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world and do what? Preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So then after the Lord has spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following them. Amen. Now, that's what's supposed to happen. When you look at the episode that we just got finished unfolding and laying out in, in the church in the, in, in the book of Acts, it's something totally contrary to what we're seeing right here when, they, when you go out. This is what's supposed to be taking place in church to get folks healed. And it says, signs and wonderful fathers believe and the Lord go with them that are out there. He was with Paul and them. He was with Peter. He was with Philip. And when they lay hands on people, man, boom, they, they recover. You know why? Because God went with them for confirming his word with signs and wonders. This stuff we got going on today, putting people on sick, listen, forgetting about them until they die. You know, book of James chapter 5, verse 13, 16, the King James Bible says this. Is any among you afflicted? Let them pray. Is any merry? Let them sing songs. Is any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church and let them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if uh, he have committed sins, remember back to all them sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be what? Healed. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. You know, like we said, and learned last week, you know, in the school of healing, you know, you know, you got, you know, you, you, you can't just have a long ways to go, but you got to have 
some, something got to grow, you know, in order for this to take place. Something got to go and something got to grow. So then, if the evil spirits go, then you can grow once you know what the word says. That's the key, you know. We learned in Acts chapter 8, verse 7, King James Bible, for unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsy and were lame, were healed, were healed, were healed, were healed. You know, we're healed, you know, you know. And so this is what, you know, the Lord is saying to us, you know, is that, hey, you get rid of the real problems in the church that's hindering and blocking, get rid of all that, you know, all that, you know, all the evil stuff, the sorcery, the people being bewitched, you know, and false teaching and false prophecies, because God want to come in and revive his church. He want to revive his people. Amen. When you read over in the book of uh, it's in the book of Psalms that we prepare to close. It talks about, you know, uh, that I mean, I read Psalms 119, 176 verses. I read them numerous of times. And every time I read them, I can feel the actual reviving power of God through that word. And there's several instances in there where David mentions revived, being revived. God sent his word to revive us. He did not send his word, man, to bewitch us. And even in verse 25 of that psalm, it says, my soul cleaves to the dust. Revive me according to thy word. Verse 37, he says, turn away my eyes from looking at vanity and revive me in thy ways. Verse 40, he says, behold, I long for thy precepts. Revive me through thy righteousness. And he goes on in verse 50, he says, this is my comfort in my affliction that thy word has revived me. Verse 88, he says, revive me according to thy loving kindness so that I may keep testimony of thy mouth, the testimony of thy mouth. Verse 93, he says, I will never forget thy precepts, for by them thou hast revived me. Verse 107, he says, I am exceedingly afflicted. Revive me, O Lord, according to thy word. Hear my voice according to thy loving kindness. Revive me, O Lord, according to thy to thine ordinances. That's in verse 149, verse 154. He says, plead my cause and redeem me. Revive me according to thy word. Verse 156, he says, great are thy mercies, O Lord. Revive me according to thine ordinances. Verse 159, my final verse, he says, consider how I love thy precepts. Revive me, O Lord, according to thy loving kindness. You know, now David was a man that dealt with many, many things. Had his problems, okay? And here we see in those 176 verses, he did not fail to ask God to revive him. Amen. And so God wants to send us a revival. We we dealt with that. We defined what revival is. We're not talking about something made up by man. But it doesn't matter how many times you ask God. God will send his word to revive us and give us life. But we got to get rid of all this other stuff that clouds our view of God. All these unclean spirits may not be unclean spirits in my life, but it may be unclean spirits in the life of the people I associate with. And they do transfer. They, are do, they do become familiar. They do move around. And they can hinder. They can cause doubt. They can cause unbelief. They can do a lot of things that cause you to, you, to, you to sin against God. Miss that mark. When God wants to revive us, he wants to revive his church so he can work through his church. 
And so that's our, 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 our teaching this morning, School of Healing. Hope you got something out of it. So, Father, we pray now in the name of Jesus that you continue to send your word to revive us and give us life. We thank you now that your word has come as a light, Lord God, and we thank you that it's shining, it's revealing, it's exposing some things right now. And, Father, we pray against all doubt and unbelief that lead to sin. We pray against all false teaching prophecies right now that have deceived so many of your people. We bind up every evil spirit, spirit of sorcery, spirit of witchcraft, any other spirit that's not of God that have infiltrated the body of Christ, Lord God, to hinder your people, Lord God, from walking in divine health and healing. We bind those spirits, run them powers, harms, and ineffective right now. We pray, God, that the preaching of the word will be the order of the day, God, that your people may hear the word and that they may be healed, that they may be whole, they may be well, they may be delivered from every every unclean spirit is our prayer this morning. So we thank you, Lord God, as you uh, revive David. We're praying that you revive your people now. You have sent your word. And we thank you for your word, Lord God, to heal us and to rescue us from destruction. We now, God, pray that your word, Lord God, will go out today and not return void. Do what you sent it to do and bring healing and health and soundness and wholeness and wellness to your people. Is our prayer in Jesus name. Amen and amen.